You know, I'm going to give you a history lesson. We got some dumbass motherfuckers floating around this country. <laughs> Stop laughing! And when I do, start fucking. Also, y'all did some nasty-ass jokes on my ass, too. Funny jokes and unfunny jokes come out of the same birth. You fucking guys are unbelievable. Why are you laughing? Evening, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Why Are You Laughing, a history of comedy podcast. And today I'm pleased to introduce you to Norm MacDonald on Conan. And uh, it's one. it's been one year this, Craig. I don't know if you're aware of that. Of this show? When this episode comes out for free, I think is the it's the 52nd episode, I believe. Oh, shit. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that's one year. Oh, who thought we would make it? What, you, what a what a world when it's been. Well, this one takes effort and planning and click cut clip. Not clip. I didn't think I had it in me. <laughs> no, so like I remember uh, the other day we were talking about Blind Mike Project. I was like, yeah, we're coming up on two or three years. I forget what it was. And you're like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> this one we're hitting a year. Oh my god! I'm actually proud. <laughs> yeah, and uh, to celebrate. You know, being around a full year. Actually, I think it'll probably be in the new year uh, that we will start doing more bonus episodes and mini episodes and things like that on the Patreon. We will probably uh, focus the Patreon a little more on why are you laughing? So if you want to be a part of that, um, then make sure you go to blindmike.net. That's where you can find the link to the Patreon, become an official gearhead. Uh, or listen, I get it. Not everyone has the extra coin every month so if you want to support the show for free all the links are at blindmike.net for that as well uh apple spotify youtube leave us a review five stars subscribe uh, all the stuff you do to support podcasts do that for us if you'd be so kind we would love and tell it. a friend for god's sake tell two maybe even three tell all your friends tell them all start there's one thing i know about why you laughing fans they have a lot of friends yeah start an annoying group chat yes um, so yeah, I figured since, uh, we've been kicking around for about a year that it was time for another norm episode. If you go way back folks to our second episode, uh, that's the last time we've covered norm. And then I'm pretty sure we've mentioned him in every episode since just about in some form or fashion. So, uh, but I figured it was a uh, high time we do another norm episode and I figured my favorite version of norm it's hard to say because I, I, you know, I talk about how much I love Norm McDonald live and all that stuff, but Norman Conan, particularly when he really started to find a, a, a niche or whatever you want to call it, where he would tell like old timey, almost vaudevillian jokes, <laughs> but make them his own. That might be my favorite Norm ever. I think it's definitely the funniest because every single time the audience forgets that that's what he does. Right, and, right. and they're like, what is he doing? And then he hits the punchline at the end. <laughs> yeah, and there are even times that we'll get into where, like, Norm didn't know he was going to be on that long, and that's why he's doing it. Like, it became a brilliant bit, and it was kind of exclusive to uh, Conan. He would do that stuff a little bit with Letterman, but I feel like, for the most part, when you would get, like, the moth joke or things that we'll talk about later, it seemed pretty exclusive to Conan, because I think Conan was probably the best at playing along with that sort of stuff. Oh, he, he was definitely the best reactor. That's yeah. not even close. Yeah. Uh, so I guess we will figure we should start from the beginning because um, I was listening to this on the, uh, you know, kind of in memoriam podcast that Conan did when Norm passed away. 
they were talking about his first ever appearance. And um, God damn, what's the guy's name? The producer, Frank. I want to say Frank Smiley, but I really don't think that's it. But whatever. Um, longtime producer for Conan um, was telling the story about Norm where uh, this is from 1993 and the first month that Conan was on the air. And for anyone that doesn't know, Conan obviously took over for Letterman on NBC uh, late night. And at the beginning, it seemed like a true disaster. Uh, no one had ever heard of Conan O'Brien. He wrote for The Simpsons and Saturday Night Live. And Lorne Michaels said, I think this Conan O'Brien guy would be good. He's a weird looking redhead who has virtually zero on screen experience. Amazing and hair. What's up? Amazing hair. Yeah, amazing hair, but no real on screen experience. And he was taking over for David Letterman, who in- essentially invented a genre of certainly TV, but like a genre of comedy in a way, like a lot of these sarcastic, weird, quirky stuff that you see now was inspired by Letterman's late show. And Conan had to follow that. And it seemed like it really wasn't working. And Conan said he was having a tough time booking guests to the point where people would bail day of and things like that. And so uh, one of Conan's producers said, Listen, if we need to fill time, we need to fill five minutes. I feel like this guy, Norm, can do a little stand-up, and I think it would be kind of perfect for your show. So they ran upstairs to SNL and grabbed Norm MacDonald, who was pretty new to the cast at that time. Um, so this is just a little bit of his early stand-up from that. Our next guest is a very funny comedian. He performs regularly at Stand Up New York and Caroline's here in New York City. Please welcome Norm MacDonald. Well, hey, hello. <laughs> no, no, you don't say hello. Uh, big week for me today. I, uh, I bought a dog, and uh, yeah, I don't know about you, but uh, these dogs are getting kind of, kind of expensive, aren't they? And uh, the hell's going on with the price of dogs? I mean, what's the, what's the deal there with the dogs? Look at his dog store, you know, and a typical salesman there, you know, he's one of them big, high-pressure dog salesman types, you know. <laughs> the guy tries to sell me his dog, 500 bucks, you know, big 500 buck dog, and I'm looking to pay, you know, maybe a, a buck or <laughs> two bucks, maybe, I'm thinking two bucks. That was my ceiling, you know, two bucks. I figured that's, I'm not going higher than two bucks. What, 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 what am I, made of money? So the guy goes, no, no, he says, buy this dog here. He says, this is a pit bull. It will protect your valuables, this dog, you know? And uh, I don't have any valuable. I don't own anything. What do I look like? I own stuff, you know? <laughs> I buy the pit bull. That would be the most valuable thing I own. That'd be a, that'd be a, that would be a thing. And that is, I think when people do the norm impression, that's the norm that they're doing. Oh, yeah. Uh, What am I? What am I? (laughs) You're so skinny then. It's funny how much he evolved because you can see it's interesting. Uh, Like, go back and listen to very early Louie. I remember I was listening when I uh, used to listen to comedy on Pandora uh, back in college. 
one time randomly, uh, a clip of Louis came up from like 1989 or something like very early Louis. And he's a different guy. He's like trying to be an eighties comic, which is not what Louis was at all. It's very different. Whereas young Norm there, like you can see an inkling of what Norm became. It's definitely different. I don't think that's as funny as Norm's later stuff necessarily, but you can see like him blossoming into what he was just a few years later. Oh yeah. He, uh, he's got the cadence, the cadence really never left, but, uh, yeah, definitely yeah. died. That died down a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if he's putting that on or if that just, you know, kind of his voice got deeper over time or whatever it was. Uh, but there's definitely, there's a little bit of, he's not fully polished yet. There's a little bit of like Seinfeld in there for sure. You gotta you know remember, I mean? you gotta, I mean, he literally says, what's the deal? <laughs> yeah. You got to remember it is 1993. Yeah. But, oh, by the way. That, that I took that clip out of a five-minute stand-up set where he talks about dogs the entire time. That's the <laughs> only topic he touches on. <laughs> and knowing Norm, that probably wasn't even part of his act. He probably just walked downstairs and was like, I'm going to talk about dogs. <laughs> who, who was it that... Uh, is it every late-night show or there was a specific one when they would make the comedians write out their whole set word for word? Um, oh, well, you might be thinking of Byron Allen. No, I'm not, <laughs> but yes. <laughs> I know I tell this every time, anytime I can shoehorn it into a conversation, but my, I love when Norm tells the story of uh, John Lovitz being on Byron Allen's show, mm-hmm. and Byron Allen would just set you up for bits. So, you know, if you had a bit about uh, being in Jamaica, Byron Allen would say like, yeah, I, I hear you've been on vacation lately. <laughs> and evidently John Lovitz had a bit about like aging or something like that. And uh, Byron Allen looks at his notes and he says, John, it, it, people have been telling me, I hear you've been getting older. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite though would be like, because once in a while he would have like an A-list celebrity on there. Yep. Uh, I think it was Harrison Ford or Bruce Willis or someone like <laughs> that. It was somebody like that. And he would uh, set it up to make it sound like they were longtime friends. He's like, <laughs> he's like, you were telling me the other day. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Very conversational. Yeah. But, um, well, Conan would do that with Norm and Norm would tell the producers something. He'd be like, Hey, uh, make sure you have Conan ask me about, uh, the beach. <laughs> and Conan would be like, uh, he'd been going to the beach a lot. Norm and Norm's, like, ah, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> By the way. And just Conan's reaction with that was perfect. Cause he would know he, he wouldn't get like mad or indignant about it. He would know, okay, this is a norm thing that I have to play along with. <laughs> By the way, before we forget, you should write or, or uh, put it wherever you keep your uh, episode subjects. Um, put Byron Allen in there. I've thought about it before. Believe me, <laughs> I've thought about it. I think it. I think that's a must. He might be a mini episode on the Patreon or something. I'm sure if there's enough clips, it could be like a six parter, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but uh, we talked about in the first Norm episode that we did, um, which if you haven't listened yet, we talked about Norm getting fired from SNL and that whole kind of controversy that went along with it. Uh, but we played the clip in that episode, so I didn't pull it for this. But the gist of it was that I found very interesting was Conan talking about how uh, when Norm got fired from SNL, and this is a few years later, uh, Conan wasn't allowed to have Norm on anymore. 
and he got a message uh, or he got a letter from NBC saying like, hey, listen, Norm's out. We're not promoting his stuff anymore, blah, blah, blah. And Conan said he wrote back very cordially and was like, listen, Norm's been great on my show. I think like he adds something that not a lot of people bring. I think he fits in perfectly. I'd really love if we could at least have a discussion about this. And he said he heard nothing back. He got like virtually nothing in response. And he said that really hurt him at the time because like, he's like, do I not at least deserve a debate on this? You know what I mean? Like it's not SNL. If SNL had him back, that's where he got fired from. That's one thing. But like, why can't I do my own thing? And that really hurt Conan and I think eventually he just ended up putting Norm back on the show. And probably not long after this moment, this is 1997. So it's after Norm got fired, I believe, or right around the time he got fired. So it might've been just before, but this is probably the most, would you say this is the most famous Norm talk show clip? Yes. And rightfully so. Yeah. I think this is probably the most well-known and believe me, if you're a, a, a real you know, diehard Norm fan, you'll have heard a lot of these clips. I just think it's a fun walk down memory lane. And for people that haven't seen these, uh, get ready because you will be in an endless loop of Norm videos on YouTube after this episode. But uh, this is one of the best talk show appearances, I think, of my lifetime, probably. Definitely. And just remember, people, we're celebrating one year. We're having fun. Oh, we're having a hoot. Um, Also... Yeah, I'm on vacation. I didn't want to do that much work <laughs> thinking of a topic. I said, let's just talk about Norm for an hour and a half. <laughs> but but um, this is Norm on... Uh, so Norm was the first guest. And then it became more and more rare as years went on. And then, like, uh, I think now you never see it, certainly. But, like, back in the old Carson days, you would see, you know, I don't know. Frank Sinatra would be on and then Richard Pryor would be the second guest and they'd stay and kind of shoot the shit with each other. I don't know if those two ever got paired together. Slide, my they would slide down the couch. They'd slide down the couch. Exactly. And then there'd be some interaction with that guest and it would be cool because that was a time where you never saw these people together and it was interesting to see them interact. Um, so Conan would do that from time to time, particularly if Norm was there uh, <laughs> because you would get moments like this when Courtney Thorne Smith, who at the time was leaving Melrose Place, came on as the second guest. Norm, 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 you're sick and you're all over her like a bear rug. Just sleep alone. No, no, you know, because before, during the commercial, I was saying I had a huge crush on her. Yeah. And then you said you did too. <laughs> I said I did. When you were on Day by Day, I had I developed this big crush on you. And this whole talk show is a scheme and to like, get you here. I liked her when she was on the... The Tomorrow Show with Tom Snyder. Not the Tomorrow Show, but the Later Later Show. He says to me in the you break... You have no idea who I am. Yeah, no, I know from that show, that's all. He says to me, oh, I really like her, I saw her, I'm really, I really think she's great, I really have a crush on her. And I said, "Where? you know, you, oh, you saw her in Noah's Place? He said, no, I was watching Tom Snyder, and she was on, and she was a great guest. And I said, wait a minute, that's the show that's opposite our show. <laughs> Why aren't you watching our show, pal? Because I wasn't on it that night. <laughs> <laughs> all right, now stay. Keep in mind, I didn't cut out. That's Courtney Thorne being introduced right before we play the clip. And it's essentially all Norman Conan going back and forth. That And that doesn't stop. <laughs> Courtney Thorne Smith has barely said hello during this appearance. Um, but what's the next snippet from it? Um, Melrose Place. 
Oh yeah, so they're talking about uh, like I said, she's leaving Melrose Place, and this is them talking about it a little bit. What's going to happen in the season finale? Can you give us a tip for all those fans out there? What's going to happen? I tell you. Okay. Are you mad at good me night, everybody. We had a good time. <laughs> no, I mean, but what, give us some sense of like, is it one of those? Because every year they try and have a season finale where everybody gets into a zeppelin and blows up. You know, something. Well, now you've given it away. <laughs> it's a zeppelin. It's a zeppelin. All right. Are you talking about Melrose Place? <laughs> <laughs> Pause That's one second. I'm sorry. You're the biggest. <laughs> Just. Uh, like Norm said nothing if you're writing it down on paper Norm said nothing funny there <laughs> but just him poking his head in <laughs> are you talking about Melrose Place <laughs> just barely having paid attention <laughs> is brilliant he, I think he uh, sensed it was dying yeah yeah. so that's again the brilliance of Norm Courtney Thorne Smith seems like a nice enough gal and playful and I was kind of always under the impression that she had a problem with this. Courtney Thorne Smith thought it was like hysterical. I thought she wasn't playing along, but I think she was kind of just in awe that, you know, Conan, she was watching Conan and Norm have this like uh, amazing moment. And she was smart enough not to really interrupt it, even though she's not a great talk show guest to begin with. <laughs> Correct. Uh, I'm sorry. Let's keep playing. The Zeppelin. All right. Are you talking about Melrose Place? <laughs> <laughs> You're the biggest ass I ever met. I love you for it. No, because I swear to God, when I lived in L.A., I lived in, on the actual street called Melrose Place. There's an actual street. There's a Melrose? Is there really a Melrose Place? There's really place? a Melrose, Melrose Place. Okay. You know right. this, right? Yes, it's true. So they opened a restaurant called Melrose Place on it. Uh-huh. And then it's right beside my house. And every time I go out, there's all these... Like tourists, and these tourists, like they're always fat and they're taking pictures, standing in front of this restaurant. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> I, by the way, I think the pause that you heard there were him saying, "I guess an asshole." Uh, it was an R word. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Why do they bleep that out? Come on, it was the '90s. Yeah, it was probably uploaded yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> was that the end of that clip? Yeah. Um, all right, what's the next one? Uh, this is this is where it gets into my favorite part of this whole thing, when they start talking about Carrot Top. <laughs> yeah, this is where it just takes a hilarious turn. So Courtney Thorne Smith announces, they're like, well, why are you leaving Melrose Place? That's a ballsy decision. This is Melrose Place for, those, for you kids out there. was a huge show, a monster show at the time. And so they're like, you're leaving Melrose Place. Well, to do what? <laughs> and she's in a movie with Carrot Top, apparently. <laughs> well, I want to talk to you about something, because this came up earlier in the show accidentally, because I didn't know what Norm was going to talk about tonight, and it's best sometimes if I don't know. But he mentioned Carrot Top. You are making a movie with Carrot Top, right? I made a movie with Carrot Top. Okay. <laughs> You've made a movie with Carrot Top. It's, it's not out yet. No, it's can not out yet. Can you put the picture up of Carrot Top again just so we can all see him? She just did. Oh, there it is. Again, yeah. All right. Okay. Wait a minute. She left Melrose Place to do a movie with Carrot Top? <laughs> That's where I'm going, my friends. <laughs> so, <laughs> I love that they're just openly mocking. Like, they have this girl who's kind of hinging her career on this movie with Carrot Top, I guess. And they're just openly laughing at that. <laughs> he was the call, call collect guy back then. 
Oh, that's true. Too. But yeah, but he was known as a prop act. Oh yeah. Cause Co- yeah. Conan talks about that a little in there too. And I think I might've cut it out, but Conan's like, you know, the guy, a guy whose career hinges on props. It's amazing to take those away from them in his big moment. <laughs> that's a great line. <laughs> uh, what's next? Uh, the movie. Yeah, so they start getting a little more in-depth about the movie, and I think Norm has some great insight. Was he okay, though, with it? He was cool? He was great. He did a wonderful job. Do you have a scene where you and, and you, you and him embrace? Yeah, lots of making out. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> Nothing but making out. All right. It's like nine and a half weeks, but carrot top. <laughs> we were doing. Wow! <laughs> I gotta check out that movie. Is it called Nine and a Half Seconds? <laughs> <laughs> Like he's premature ejaculating. <laughs> you know what happened? This is what happened. You know what happened? He said nine and a half seconds, and I'm looking at him because I know there's more. And I wait and wait, and I see the glimmer in the eye, and then bang! I thought you were going to but no. Crackboard. But uh, what's the movie going to be called? Really? I know what it's going to be called. Yeah, what's that? <laughs> if it's got Carrot Top in it, you know what a good name for it would be? What's that, Norm? Box Office Poison. Courtney Thorne Smith, the girl sitting to your left, is in the movie. I'm going to go see it for <laughs> I've seen this I don't know how many times and it's still just as funny. It's amazing. Just the balls to say first of all, not just the the balls to say that to her, but also to have the line box office poison. <laughs> it's so much better off the top of his head than anyone else would have come up with. You know what I mean? Like that 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 phrasing of words was so perfect for some reason. Oh, definitely. But uh they reveal the actual title. And uh, Norm has a pretty good tweak on that, too, I think. <laughs> this is the cherry on top of the whole night. Right. Was he okay, though, with it? He was cool? He was great. He did a wonderful job. Do you have a... Whoop, did I hit the wrong one? I did. I sure did. Oh, boy. Here we go. <laughs> All right. Well, there's this two-hour season finale of Melrose Place. There's this movie coming out. Yes. Title undetermined at this point. Chairman of the board. Oh. All right. Do something with that, you freak. <laughs> I, I bet the board is spelled B-O-R-E-D. <laughs> All right, everybody. That's pretty much <laughs> You know what's sad about rewatching that clip? Is like now because it's such a perfect line. Now, when I hear that setup, I'm like, come on, Conan. The obvious answer is, but you know, he's going to say B O R E D, but that's like brilliantly quick that he came up with that. Uh, the first time I ever saw that, I did not see that coming. I was no, just like, chairman oh, of the board. Yeah. What would you do with that? <laughs> not that. I don't even fucking know. B O R E D. Oh God. The quickness that he came up with it. And just, Again, Conan's reaction, where, like, now I think hosts would be worried that Courtney Thorne Smith is going to be offended 
or is there a partnership with the network and the, the studio of this movie? You know what I mean? Like people would be so worried, but back then it was just an easier kind of free flowing, like who gives a fuck atmosphere, you know? I will say she was laughing this whole time. Oh yeah, me too. I like in my mind for whatever reason, I guess just cause she's an actress in my mind. I was like, Oh, she's going to have a problem with it. But like I went back and found interviewers, nothing, nothing crazy interesting, but she was like, it was just amazing to be there watching like Norm and Conan kind of volley back and forth. <laughs> this was about me, but it had nothing to do with me. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That, and from Courtney Thorne Smith's perspective, that's a very cool thing to like be have as a moment. Yeah. And to you not, know what I mean? Cause again, you, you didn't do anything right or wrong there really. Yeah. And the fact that she wasn't a Hollywood diva makes me right. wish she was more successful. <laughs> <laughs> well, she was on according to Jim. That's true. <laughs> Um, all right, where are we going now? Is it Andy Richter time? No, that's later, but like okay. I never heard that clip before I cut it, and it's friggin' aggravating. We'll get to oh, it. So it's disappointing, yeah. Um, but this is uh when he brings the gift. Oh, I mean, this is amazing. So the clips we just played, I guess I guess I kind of did go in order for the most part, I think, of Conan's uh lineage. We the, these were clips from the late show with Conan O'Brien. Uh, the twelve thirty show on NBC, and now this is him on the Tonight Show. You might be thinking, how could you have a clip of from the Tonight Show? It only lasted nine months, and that's exactly the topic uh, that Norm is tackling in this surprise appearance um, on one of Conan's later Tonight shows. Have a seat, Norm. Wow. It's, you've been so, it's so nice of you to stop by, and you. Well, I want to drop by, show my respects. You know, well, well, you know, for you. I don't know if I made it clear. This is after the news broke that NBC was getting rid of Conan. Right. Okay. Bring a, a, a basket commemorating sort of the, the, the tough situation I'm in is really nice. Yeah. Well, that's not what that is. <laughs> well, <laughs> what, what is this basket for? Oh, this is an older basket. I, uh, I procrastinate, as you know. And uh, this is a basket I got you back in June. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Norm, you've had this basket since June? Yeah. I've seen you. You've been on the show like three times. Why didn't you ever give me the basket? I keep forgetting it. <laughs> but I wanted you to know I bought it. It was $60. And oh. uh, I wouldn't open it. I think it would smell. Well, oh, I, there's a card also. I, yeah, I see that. It says congrats yeah. on it. That's, that's terrific. Uh, well, I don't know. If that's, can I fired. read it? Yeah, why not? Congratulations, Conan, on finally securing your place as permanent host of The Tonight Show. <laughs> Boy, he's staring at him. That's something they can never take away from you. <laughs> it is perhaps the shrewdest programming decision ever made. <laughs> By the NBC Brain Trust. Sure, the pressure is on, but if I know you, Conan O'Brien, miserable failure is not an option. <laughs> you are the new king of late night. Thank you. Live the king. <laughs> I, you're right, Craig. I think Norm. Is the one guy whose clips I can watch over and over again and laugh like just as hard. Yeah. Even you know the coming, it's like <laughs> I, I knew it was coming. But just his him saying 
miserable failure is not an option. <laughs> and again, like there's a, uh, there was like an innocence and a charm to Norm where he could get away with that type of stuff. I mean, I'm sure Conan to some extent was in on that. He probably didn't know what Norm had written. But probably knew Norm was coming out in some capacity. Oh, you didn't. And you like, couldn't tell by his incredibly fake acting at the beginning. Acting. Hey, Norm. Whoa, you brought a basket. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, like, I'm sure he knew Norm was coming out and everything. But like, uh, so him being in on it makes it easier to say to his face, like, "Miserable failure is not an option." But a lot of guys wouldn't have fun with that in that moment, and. I think Norm's like kind of innocence and the charm and Conan would always refer to like the glimmer in his eye <laughs> where like he knew he was about to say something offensive or bad, but like there was a sweetness to it. In the- and that's, I think that's how Norm got away with a lot of that shit. Now he also didn't get away with it uh, when it came to OJ Simpson. <laughs> but- no, no, he did not. But him and Conan are like actually friends though. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, it was kind of sad to hear. Uh, I think that last episode, uh, not last episode, but the episode of Conan O'Brien needs a friend that they did a couple days after Norm died. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think is really good and worth a listen. We'll play a somewhat annoying clip from that. But overall, I think Conan did a great job. And in that podcast, he talked about how um, he had tried to book Norm a few times on the show in its final days. And when Conan was leaving TBS, he's like, God, I'd love to get Norm on one more time. Like he was our greatest guest ever. I'd love to have him back on as like our last guest or whatever he would want to do. And Norm kept turning him down. And Conan was like, it's sad to think how like selfish you are in that moment where like my thought is like, oh, maybe he doesn't like me anymore. Maybe he's mad at me. Maybe I did something. And in reality, like Norm's going through something. So you don't think to reach out to him personally. Cause how would, how would you know he's sick? But it was like a kind of a sad ending to their relationship, you know? Mm, I don't like that. Anyways, let's get back to the laughs for God's sake. Let's pick it back up. Uh, this is uh, <laughs> the Andy Richter jokes. I believe. Heroes. So these, this is the Andy Richter stuff. Um, I, I, I built a few just to build a case here. <laughs> on what exactly these jokes were. Uh, we have a few of the examples of the jokes that were targeted at Andy Richter over the years. Um, uh, Andy Richter was on in the late nineties. I don't know if he made it into the two thousands with Conan, Uh, but then he came back on the tonight show as well. And then was there the whole time. uh, I think through the whole run of the TBS show, but uh, these are examples of Norm's interactions with Andy Richter over the years. Do you have a hero? Uh, Norman Fowler from Three's Company. That's your hero? Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Roper. Yeah. yeah. Mr. Roper? Yeah. That's not a good hero. That's all I got. <laughs> Better than this guy's hero is some gay porn actor. But anyway. What are you talking about? What? I don't know. What are you saying? Let me tell you something about gay porn. What? Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
Come on. Okay. No, I'll tell you something about gay porn. Seriously. Okay. That doesn't mean a guy's gay. I'm not saying that because a guy watches gay porn all the time. <laughs> Cut to a single. <laughs> No, really? gay porn. I enjoy gay porn. I'm not gay. Gay porn is a genre that just cuts across all demographics. You know? Young people, old people, straight people, the gay people enjoy it. Everybody likes gay porn. But this guy really likes it. Uh, I don't know. I'm sorry. I heard patriotic music playing behind yeah. that speech. No, that's not what I meant to say. I meant to talk about Bob Dole. <laughs> This guy's my no. This guy's my hero. Ruined my reputation. I know. You know. No, I'll just tell you passing. This guy is not gay. If anybody's not gay, it's this guy. Oh, I'm. I'm so. Seriously. I am so totally straight. Oh, yeah. no, you are. You oh, are. I love the ladies. No, he does. No, he likes. He likes girls. He likes. Does this girls. happen? Does this happen every time you try and talk about Bob Dole? <laughs> you start no, no. talking about gay porn. No, no, that was. I don't know what that was. And that's a thing that Norm did a lot where I think he just knew, like in hindsight, people have called him homophobic and things like that. I have no idea if he was, I don't believe that he was, but who knows? Um, but I think it was just a thing. Like listen to the crowd's reaction there where all he says is gay porn and the crowd goes, Whoa, like it's a shock value thing. Keep in mind. I just want everyone to just, Remember the line that Andy said, are you trying to ruin my reputation? Just keep that in your head. <laughs> that's true too. Um, but, and that's the thing Norm did with like David Spade. That was a lot of their, uh, he would call David Spade gay all the time. And I remember one specific um, instance when they were both on the Dennis Miller show back in the day. Mm-hmm. I forget exactly what they were talking about. Uh, but they referred to, uh, you know, some gay experience being a nightmare. And Norm goes, uh, uh, not for this guy. He has dreams, sweaty, fevered dreams about it. <laughs> <laughs> Just pointing at David Spade. <laughs> um, so that was the thing Norm would do, and it became kind of a shtick, and then it carried over into Norm's second appearance, which I think is what the next clip is. Uh, this one's called Lent. Oh yeah, yeah. This is he's uh, he's giving up something for Lent here. Oh, and then I spent, I gave up spending thousands of dollars trying to methodically seduce Andy's wife. <laughs> no more of that, huh? Yeah. All right, that's very nice. Good for you. What a relief. <laughs> Plus, oh, it gets God. in the idea that Andy has a wife. <laughs> Andy has a wife. Yeah, he does, I know. He has a great wife. I don't like it. Don't like it. Well, <laughs> so again, obviously, the the joke keeps going. And what's the next clip titled? Next one is not gay. <laughs> oh yeah. So this is, is, I think, what he was referring to is uh, uh, when he came on. I think the next time he kind of addresses some of these jokes. I was talking to Andy before the show, mm-hmm. and apparently I made a mistake one time in the show <laughs> where I intimated that maybe Andy was into gay porno. You remember right. that? <laughs> I didn't, but now I do, yeah. Which he was not, which he was not into, and I never meant to intimate that he was gay in any way. Right. Just that he had an obsession with watching gay porno. There is a difference. <laughs> 
everybody loves gay porn, right? Right, yeah. right. What's not to like? So anyway, Paul. <laughs> so I said. So I said. I'm sorry. He said. You know. I said. I'm sorry about that. Right. right. And I said I would never mention again his alleged obsession with gay porno. Right. Uh, and I won't. But anyway. <laughs> I won't. Anyway. We're going to run that on a loop. <laughs> Play it over and over again. Yeah, he's, a, he's got a wife. Yeah, I know. <laughs> what are you talking about? I know that. Hey, have you ever met her? Okay, good. Have you ever met her? That's what I'm trying to tell the people. I don't want them to think that uh, Andy's in the game. And there's nothing wrong with being gay. <laughs> <laughs> so brilliantly like woven, it up ups and downs through the conversation. And again, you can hear. I I think Andy's totally in on the joke and like playing. I kind of likes it. I think. I think time just changed him a little bit. Yeah, uh, this next one's Swedish-German. Yeah, so I think the climate kind of changed with Andy Richter. And you know what else changed is the internet. Mm -hmm. So this next bit came from a time where Conan was on TBS and the internet existed. So Norm would do these things and they would live forever and they would gain popularity in certain circles. And then they became things that Andy would hear about on Twitter a lot. And have to react to. But before we get to why I'm prefacing with all of that, uh, let's just hear about Andy, uh, the sh the the Swedish German. I tell you why it's funny, man. Because I was in I was in uh, Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah. I met a good old boy down there, and he said, uh, "Have you ever?" He said, "You know Andy Richter?" Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he did. Yeah. You met a guy in Georgia, and he said, you know Andy Richter? Oh, yeah, you do guys do well there. <laughs> oh. And he said, uh, I said, yeah. He said, have you ever heard an Andy Richter joke? I said, no. He said, well, most of it's based on him being a Swedish German. <laughs> and then he told me an Andy Richter joke. And really? I, but I didn't know he was a Swedish German. That was all nonsense. Yeah, well, now this lines up perfectly. <laughs> Let me ask you something, because it sort of relates to <laughs> the first Wait, don't you want to hear the joke? <laughs> no. Six. All right, this joke will get you back yeah, up. You can get him back. Okay. Let's hear the joke. Well, the fellow says, he says, man, he says, you ever tear the time about the old prospector? That's how he tells you. Huh? Yeah. He says, uh, <laughs> he says, man, there was an old prospector, and he was prospecting for gold, and he was having a hell of a time getting any gold. <laughs> it was an empty stake, I, I believe. And uh, he said he'd come into town. <laughs> he'd been he'd been in the mine for a good eight months. He said, "By God," he said, "I'm only I'm only flesh and blood, sure, yeah. and I need I need a woman, <laughs> you know." And so he goes into town. He goes up to bartender. He says, "Bartender," he says, "Man, I've been in that mine for a hell of a long time, and I'm only flesh and blood. I need a woman." Well, a bartender says, hell, there ain't no women in this town. If you want to do any of that business, all we got is Andy Richter, the Swedish German. <laughs> the prospector, he says, no, no. He says, hell, I ain't into that funny stuff, you know. He says, I'll be fine. So he goes back to his state, you know, and he's back in that mine, man. And six months passes, mm -hmm. and a year passes, and Conan, 
You know, people are weak. Man is made of flesh and pride, as the scriptures tell us. And by God, <laughs> that old prospector finally broke to his knees and he said, I'm no worse than over then. He went back to the bar. <laughs> <laughs> He was a beaten man. He says to the bartender, he says, hell man, I've been in that place two and a half years. A man has needs. And if you say there's no women in this here town, he says, well, I'll have to go for Andy Richter, the Swedish German. Uh-huh. 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 But he says, listen now, he says, man, I'm a tough old hombre, you know, and I got friends now. He says, I don't want anybody to know about this. You know, this is back in the old days. Sure, right? yeah. He says, uh, <laughs> I can tell by the accent, yeah. He says, I got my cowpoke friends and so forth. I'd hate to hell anybody know about this. You know, this got to be all secret. Nobody. I say, nobody can know about this. Bartender says, well, four people know about it. How do you figure that? He says, well, he says, I don't know about it. He says, you'll know about it. Andy Richter, the Swedish German, will know about it. And the fella that has to hold down Andy will know about it. <laughs> <laughs> Now, in case you didn't quite follow that, uh, Andy Richter is being raped in that joke. (laughs) So I feel like it goes a little beyond anything being gay. And the, the reason I set up with all those other Andy Richter clips is because it seems like years later, and this is true, by the way, our friends over at WATP covered Andy Richter's podcast, uh, like a month or two ago. And it's brutal. And I think he's just been like broken by, you know, wokeness or whatever this Hollywood, uh, this version of Hollywood has kind of turned him into. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's where this clip comes from because you hear him in the early years. It seems like he completely <laughs> understands everything. And uh, this is him a couple of days after Norm died on that podcast I was talking about uh, with Conan O'Brien. Um, talking about some of the jokes that were made at his expense. But I never was that crazy about that because I would think, you know, I'm sitting there and we're in a studio and we're laughing about it now. And it is like the point of that joke is this fellow's a queer. Yeah. And Pause one second. And it's a. He's talking specifically about the Andy Richter, the Swedish German joke. The point of that joke is setting it up with the misdirect of like, this all hinges on you being a Swedish German. It doesn't. Andy Richter could have said he was Italian or Lebanese or any any ethnicity, and that joke would have worked. That's the misdirect. It's not even a gay joke. It's a rape joke. Also, yes, it's not a gay joke. It's a, it's a rape joke. So it's funny. It's funny that a man made a rape joke and that wasn't the offensive part. <laughs> <laughs> well, keep in mind, he said, don't ruin my character or whatever the hell it was. Right. Yeah. I'm sorry, though. The, uh, let me not get in Andy's way here. Very, very old fashioned retrograde joke that we just don't do anymore. Right. right and right. some jokes that we don't do anymore, we don't do them anymore because they shouldn't be done. Right. And right. we shouldn't have been doing them in the first place. So I was always thinking about. The gay people that work on the Conan O'Brien show. Yeah, How do right. I look them in the face after being there and hardy harring about the punchline being that I'm a gay fella? And, you know, and or think about the people in my family who are gay. Like, if yeah, they're going to yeah. watch that, how are they going to think when the real bottom line, what's funny about that is that I was supposedly a homosexual and that I was, which to me, I always was like, it's like, 
it's like saying like this fellow over here, he's a, he doesn't want anybody to know it, but he's a secret Jew. His, his kitchen's full of matzahs. You know, it's like you would go like, what are you talking about? You know, what is well, that? How is that funny? Is, my kitchen's full of matzahs. I know, matzos. but you're, you're not a secret, but, right. but you know what I mean? I just, it always, it made me uncomfortable, not because I was afraid that people would think I was gay because if I was gay, everybody would know that I was gay. It made me uncomfortable because there were people out there in the audience who whom I love and care about who would be left thinking like, what's so terrible about me that I am a joke, that I'm a punchline, you know, that how I am and who I am right. is a punchline. Uh, that really bummed me out that he just didn't get it and kind of misrepresented. He's making it seem like Norm was just like, isn't it dumb to be gay? <laughs> And that's not what Norm was doing at all. I listen again. I don't know what Norm's views were on any type of sexuality, but the, those were not the jokes. The jokes were, you know, for shock value and misdirect and to say the funniest thing possible, which was always Norm's goal. And it seemed like Andy in those early clips we played, got it. And then over time, I think decided not to get the joke. Well, he was told probably by, like you said, yeah. someone got to him and someone got in his ear and kind of, you know, he's turned over the years into a super liberal guy. And to be that sort of super liberal guy uh, in this day and age, you almost have to lose your sense of humor a lot of time. If you want to fit in with the right crowd or realize you and, never, you never really had one and then go that route. Yeah. And if I didn't know anything about Andy Richter, I may not have even pulled that clip, but like the thing that bothers me about him is like I said, uh, go listen to Carl kind of break him down. It's weird what his podcast has turned into, but also years ago, I want to say probably five or six years ago uh, on Twitter, it seems like Andy Richter was searching the word depression. Oh yeah. Because you, do you know what we've talked about this before, right? Yeah. I, I don't remember what it was, but I remember it was like, uh, yeah, yeah. Some, some girl tweeted, and this is a girl with like, you know, 11 followers. This girl did not have a big following, which is why I say Andy must have like been searching for people tweeting about depression because this girl tweeted something like uh, depression's gay as hell or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Andy Richter quote tweeted that and was like, fuck you. <laughs> and like sent his followers after it was like, look at this piece of shit. And I was, it was Andy like waving his hands, trying to show everyone how progressive he was. And that's what this clip reminded me of. And that really kind of bummed me out. Depression is pretty gay, right? It's gay as hell. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it bummed me out because Conan did such a great job on that podcast. And I'm trying to think, the other guy's not Frank Sebastiano. I know that was Norm's uh, writing partner for a long time. But regardless, they did a great job on uh, Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. And that was the one thing that stuck out to me is like, today, did you need to say that today? That they fucking died? That's what I'm saying is he goes on there and he makes it about him and he's whining like a little bitch. Yeah. And that that was disappointing. And then after that, he kind of did try to spin it into like, but that's how Norm was. And it's like. Oh, good. So he was just a homophobe, you're saying? <laughs> no shit. Anyways, uh, that left a sour taste in my mouth. But the Andy Richter jokes were always funny. Um, but Norm would also do that to himself. And that's why I say these jokes weren't homophobic. He just thought it was a funny topic to joke about. Uh, so are we now at him promoting um, Norm MacDonald, a memoir? Yep. Yeah. So, uh, by the way, if you haven't read it, 
one of the few books I, well, I've listened to it and I haven't read it, but one of the few books that I've gotten into is uh, Norm MacDonald, a memoir, which was essentially Norm was paid to write an autobiography. Uh, but Norm was like, I don't, I don't want to write about my life in a serious way. So he turned it into like, there's parts of truth and there are parts that are, I, I would suggest clear fiction. I mean, I wasn't there for it, but I suspect that, uh, Norm Macdonald in order to get the job for SNL didn't slap a bag of heroin on Lauren Michaels desk and say, let's do this. <laughs> I suspect some of it may have been fiction. I forget if it was cocaine or heroin, but either way. Um, uh, so he wrote like a, a, a funny fictional book, but called it Norm Macdonald, a memoir. And he was on Conan promoting that when it came out. If this was a memoir, if this were a memoir, yeah, I would put juicy things from my own life. Right, right. Like what kind of things would you put in there that nobody knows? Well, I guess the biggest thing that nobody knows about me is I'm a deeply closeted gay man. What? I mean, that's, I mean, that's, you're a gay man? I'm not gay. I said I'm deeply closeted. <laughs> well, well, I'm wait. As straight as an arrow. <laughs> so you're a gay man who won't admit it. No, no. Do you know what deeply closeted means? Yeah. It means a man who will not acknowledge that he's gay. Yes. So I'm telling you, I'm not gay. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a brilliant way to approach that. Like the idea of thinking, oh, well, deeply closeted means you won't admit you're gay. So I'll say that I'm deeply closeted, but I can't admit that I'm gay. Like just coming up with that concept is both brilliant, but also like harkens back to a, you know, who's on first time. I, I loved, I loved when Conan realized what he was doing <laughs> yeah. and just broke. <laughs> that, and that, that's what Conan's best at is like fr first, maybe not getting it, then completely getting it, but playing along with it. Exactly. And I think that was their relationship. And the best example of that probably is uh, Norm was also on with Larry King promoting his book. Larry King had some Hulu show towards the end of his life. And uh, Norm was on there and did the same bit. And uh, he's like, uh, well, I, I, I would write that I'm a deeply closeted gay man. And uh, Larry King goes, what are you talking about? Oh, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> you're gay. <laughs> you're telling me you're gay. Like Larry just didn't get it, which is also <laughs> very funny in its own right. Um, <clears throat> so yeah like, yeah, like that's a perfect example. Like Norm is the subject of that joke being gay. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like, it has nothing to do with a problem with gay. You're, you're now making it into that Andy. You, you know, that was never the case. So that was very disappointing, but Norm was obviously a master of the gay joke. Um, what else did he uh, do? I think this is the same appearance, right? Yeah, it's about his wife. This is so. This gets into uh, what we more or less have for I think the rest of our clips is Norm doing this. Like I said, hearkening back to a who's on first, you know, Shecky Green type of era, where he's doing these old timey jokes but completely making them his own. You know, it's not dissimilar from what he did in the Saget roast. Exactly. You know, like taking these cornball jokes, but making them funny in his own way. It's for the birds. Um, <laughs> yeah. So this is him talking about his wife. 
I got a wife. I just you got a wife. I just got married because I thought uh, go through that charade to uh, keep appearances up. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's but the so, kind of thing you tell yeah. if this were a memoir. Yeah, if, if this a mem- were a memoir. Right. If this were a memoir, I would tell about my wife. What a battle axe. <laughs> battle axe? I mean, I, no one's called their wife a battle axe since 1945. Listen, come. How do you feel about a woman? She's supposed to be my life partner. I look in the mirror the other day and I says to her, I says, honey, I look in the mirror and all I see is a fat, ugly old man. And I need you to give me a compliment. She says, all right then. Uh, your eyesight is damn near perfect. I said, you dirty dog. <laughs> <laughs> you dirty dog. You dirty dog. So this is something like that. Norm's delivery is so perfect. And there's like an intangible thing. Like, uh, I don't know that I would call myself a Sebastian Maniscalco fan necessarily. Right. And part of that, because it might be a visual thing, because when you hear people talk about Sebastian Maniscalco, it's all very physical. It's the faces he makes and his hand movements and he, his cadence. And he pantomimes. Yeah. He pantomimes. Why a lot. would you do that? <laughs> <laughs> That's the cake for the neighbors. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's very it's very based on his delivery in a way where like, you know, if Jim Gaffigan went up and read word for word what Sebastian Maniscalco was saying, it probably wouldn't be funny. It wouldn't make sense necessarily. <laughs> well, actually that'd be kind of funny. <laughs> I'm, I'm interested in seeing that. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of want to see it now. <laughs> but you get who you get my point. <laughs> yeah. Um Norm has that like intangible quality where his delivery is so, um, I would argue, and I don't know that I'd get much much pushback, but I would argue that Norm has the greatest delivery in the history of comedy. And I would say the proof of that is he's telling, you know, 200-year-old jokes. <laughs> he's essentially saying, take my wife, please, and getting laughs. Like, oh. that, that, and that's a brilliance that you can't teach, you can't pass on to anyone, either you have it or you don't. And Norm probably had it better than anyone. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like uh, who would I, I agree, but I'm like, oh, who who else would be in the conversation? I think um, Ron White's actually in that because I think uh, without with a different delivery, his jokes don't hit as hard. Oh, for sure. No, Ron White is a great delivery. But I guess what I'm saying is like, I think without Norm's deli- you could give Norm, you would give a Norm script to pretty much any other comedian mm-hmm. and they'd get booed off stage for being a fucking hack. You know, and I think that's why some people had an issue with his um, his last special. Uh, Nothing special yeah. on Netflix that he did that. W- there was something lost in there where like not everyone got it. But I really believe that his delivery made a lot of those jokes that people were like, I ah, told kind of corny jokes. And I was like, yeah, but that's Norm. That's that's what Norm, that's what makes Norm great. I think. Well, I think I do actually think Ron White's kind of similar. Like um, Bill Burr, if you read his jokes, they're funny. Yes. Um, Norm's and I think Ron to an extent, like if you read. No, hold like, on. Mm. I should also say Norm has some brilliant fucking jokes. Oh, for sure. Like his World War II joke or j- just his joke about Germany is fucking brilliant. Yeah. Who do they choose to go with to go to war with the world? <laughs> <laughs> that and uh, the. Uh, the burying in a shallow grave. That might be my favorite <laughs> bit that he's ever done. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm just standing there, you know, with a cheese sandwich, you know, trying with to be cheese sandwich, try, trying to be coy, you know. <laughs> and she comes out you of the of my van. <laughs> she comes out of the YMCA with her funky, weird, three colored ball. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Well, uh, what's next? Are we still in this interview? Is there one more? Uh, no, we are on to the last three jokes. Oh boy. Well, we say the last three jokes, but these will take about forty minutes to get through. We're going to be here for a while. <laughs> uh, what's the first one? The riddle. Oh, this is great. I think this is going back in time a little bit, but uh, this is a joke. Norm would always have jokes about his uh, one of his crazy uncles, and it was always funny that uh, he would preface it with a name. My uncle Jacques, and then he would say Jean or something like. He would always get it wrong. <laughs> But uh, this is uh, a riddle that he was told by his uncle. Still here? Let's see if I got this right. You've got an uncle lives up in Canada named Jean Luc. Occasionally he visits. Once he time he visited New York. <laughs> so I, I'm living in New York, you know. And uh, Jean Luc, I, I'm excited. Jean Luc's going to come by. My crazy Frenchman uncle. So he gets in the cab, right? When he gets to the airport. Yeah, when he gets to the airport, the cab driver picks him up, and the cab driver says to him, "Hey, Frenchman," he says. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he says, uh, do you like uh, riddles, you know? So my uncle Jean-Luc is like, ah, yes, I love the riddles. That's how he talks. <laughs> he goes, I like nothing better than a riddle. So <laughs> the cabbie's like, all right, here's one, right? So he says, here's the riddle. His brothers and sisters, I have none. But this man's father is my father's son. So my, uh, my uncle goes, ah, uh, I don't know. Right? <laughs> so the cabbie goes, uh, it's me. It's me. Oh, yeah. Makes oh, sense. Oh, he thinks about it. Oh, my God. He says, that's a good uh, riddle there. He says, I have to tell my wife, Mary Claire, when I get back to Gaspé. That's where he lives, Gaspé. Right. So uh, he's like, uh, take me back to the airport. And the cat is like, what? Right? <laughs> the cat's like, I thought you wanted to go visit Norm then. No, no, no. I go back to the airport. All right. You know, I have to tell Mary Claire. Seems odd, right? right. Gets back on the plane, flies all the way back home there to uh, Gaspé. <laughs> <laughs> and he gets back, right? Uh -huh. Runs in the door. Mary Claire, Mary Claire, let's move. You know, where are you, Mary right. Claire? Uh, come on down here. I have a riddle for you. She goes, oh, Jean-Luc, I love the riddle. She's a woman, high voice. <laughs> high voice. Uh, Michael Jackson was visiting. Yeah, all right. So, uh, oh, you're going to love this riddle. How was New York? Forget about that. I get the riddle. Uh, brothers and sisters, I have none. But this man's father is my father's son. She goes, oh, I don't know. Who is it? Some cab driver back in New York. <laughs> <laughs> this is very, by the way, if you go back and watch the first episode of Norm MacDonald Live, mm -hmm. it's with Super Dave Osborne. Yep. And that's maybe one of the best episodes and why those guys played off each other so well is like, that's what super Dave was great at as well is telling street jokes, essentially like old timey jokes, but kind of making them his own. I don't know if Norm wrote that. I'm, it feels like a street joke. Yeah. That's just been around forever. But what Norm would do when he would tell those type of jokes is add things that made them his own. Like just the idea of, the cab driver saying, like when the guy says, turn around and take me back to the airport, the guy's saying, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> Just little details like that make it Norm's own for whatever reason. And uh, I, like he, he's just amazing. Like I'm, I'm in stunned disbelief 
at some of the brilliant little details in Norm's jokes that you notice the more and more you watch them. Yeah, and it's something you'd never even think about. Um, the next is the next one, the moth one. Yes, it is. Yeah, so this is probably, I would say this was the most shared when Norm died. I think this joke might have been the one that went around social media the most. Oh, easily. Yeah, this got shared a lot because, again, it's so brilliantly done. And it was a time where um, Norm didn't have anything to talk about. The producers went to him, and his first segment was went great. So they said, hey, Norm, can you come back out after the break and stay for another five minutes? Uh, you know, we need to fill some time. And Norm was like, I don't have anything to talk about. And they were like, ah, you're a funny guy. Make something up. And so he was like, all right. And he went out and did this. <laughs> the driver we sent to pick you up told you a joke. Yeah. And you're going to tell it now on the show. Yeah, that's how I get a lot of my material. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Why don't we just have him on next time? Uh, that guy. You, no, that guy. No, wait till you hear me do it. <laughs> <laughs> so the guy, he goes, uh, uh-huh. he, uh, I say, uh, I'll be the guy. Okay. Uh, a moth. <laughs> A moth goes into a podiatrist's office. A moth goes into a podiatrist's office. Right. You are correct. <laughs> a moth goes into a podiatrist's office, mm-hmm. and uh, the podiatrist's office says, what's the problem? And the moth says, what's the problem? Where do I begin, man? He goes, I go to work for uh, Gregory Olinovich, and uh, all day long I work. <laughs> Honestly, Doc, I don't even know what I'm doing anymore. I don't even know if Gregory Olinovich knows. He only knows that he has power over me, and that seems to bring him happiness. But I don't know. I wake up in a malaise, and I, I walk here and there. And the podiatrist says, oh, yeah? And the moth goes, yes. And he goes, uh, at night, I, I sometimes wake up, and I turn to some old lady in my bed that's on my arm. A lady that I once loved, Doc. I don't know where to turn to. My youngest, Alexandria. She, she fell in the, in, the, in the cold of last year. Mm-hmm. The cold took her down as it did many of us. <laughs> and my other boy. And this is the hardest pill to swallow, Doc. My other boy. Gregario <laughs> Ivanovich. I no longer love him. <laughs> as much as it pains me to say, when I look in his eyes, all I see is the same cowardice that I that I catch when I take a glimpse of my own face in the mirror. <laughs> If only the cowardice was stronger, then perhaps <laughs> perhaps I could bring myself to reach over to that cocked and loaded gun that lays on the bedside behind me. <laughs> and in this hellish facade once How long a drive was this? <laughs> Perfect time. Do you live in the valley? Where do you live? <laughs> Please, sorry. He says, Doc, <laughs> sometimes I feel like a spider, even though I'm a moth. 
just barely hanging on to my web with an everlasting fire underneath me. I'm not feeling good. And so the, moth, the, the doctor says, Moth, man, you're troubled. But you should be seeing a psychiatrist. Why on earth did you come here? And then the moth said, Because the light was on. <laughs> And for anyone that doesn't understand why that's so brilliant is the joke is Moth goes into a podiatrist's office. Uh, He says, Doc, I'm feeling depressed. Podiatrist says, "Uh, well, that's horrible, but why would you come in here? I'm a podiatrist. And he says, because the light was on. That's the joke. (laughs) (laughs) But he added all the other stuff. Norm made that into, how long is that clip? Five minutes? (laughs) Three and a half minutes. (laughs) Ah, oh, so brilliant. And again, that's where Conan is perfect. Is like he knew right where to jump in, but to not completely derail the story. Right. You know, like I think Conan had a perfect contribution there, like saying how long was this ride <laughs> was very funny <laughs> because that's what the entire audience is wondering in that moment. Right. And so, yeah, that's what I'm talking about where Norm literally they said to him, hey, can you stretch this segment out? We need to kill it all the time. And that's what he did with it. He was like, on the spot, yeah, I can do that. <laughs> and you know what's really bumming me out as we as I take off for uh, Skankfest here? When you're listening to this, I'll be off in, on the left coast. I feel like they would have gotten Norm to Skankfest at some point. Oh, definitely. <laughs> it's a sure. goddamn bummer that he didn't make it that long. But... Let's not end on a sour note because we've got, got one more joke as uh, Norm would always do on his program. We've got one more joke to, t- uh, to be told. And this might be my favorite because I'm assuming this is a street joke as well. But I had never heard this one. I, I think love- it could be a Norm original. Yeah, it's so great. I, uh, I went over to the guy, I knocked on the door next door to where I live. Mm-hmm. And I say to the guy, I said, hey, I'm your new neighbor, you know. And I said, uh, good to see you, you know, nice to... Nice to run into you, you know. Uh, welcome to the, the neighborhood, you know. Mm-hmm. And so the guy, I said, what do you do for a living there, sir? Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't mind me asking. <laughs> you know, what do you do for a living? I'm a, I'm a uh, nightclub comic, I tell the guy. So he says to me, he says, I'm a, I work down at the University of uh, Science there. He says, I'm a... Uh, I'm a, um, that's, profe- a good, that's a good school, by the way. <laughs> I, I can't remember the exact place. Sure. But, uh, he says, I, uh, I'm a professor of logic. Oh. So he says to the guy, he says, logic. Now, what the hell is that? I never heard tell of that. Mm-hmm. He says, oh, well, he says it's a, a kind of a pattern of uh, a syllogistic. Uh, yeah, well, he says it's hard to explain. He says, uh, uh, why don't I give you an example? <laughs> so I said, fair enough. Why don't you do that? So the guy says, well, he says, let me ask you a question. He says, do you own a doghouse? So I go, yes, I do. He says, well, then that means you probably have a dog. I said, yes. Mm-hmm. He says, uh, well, that means you're likely you have a family if you have a dog. I said, yes, I do. He said, uh, well, then that means uh, you got uh, kids, you're married. I said, yes, yes, I am. He says, uh, well, then you're a heterosexual man. Mm-hmm. I said, yes, sir, I am. He says, well, you see, that's logic there. I, I asked if simply from finding out you had a doghouse, I made this series of inferences, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. I, I found that you're a heterosexual man simply from the fact that you had a doghouse. Mm-hmm. Well, I said, good God, isn't that something? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. 
Uh, so I said, well, I won't waste any more of your time there, uh, neighbor. And I said, I'll see you. See you later. See you around. Okay. So uh, I, went, I said, come on, come by one day and have a, a chicken with me. So anyways, I left. <laughs> so chicken. I left. So I go, I go to get a bus, you know, to the bus stop. Uh -huh. And I, I, I walk down to the bus stop, and I'm still thinking about this thing that happened to me, you know. <laughs> and I'm standing at the bus, and uh, uh, no bus coming at all, you know. Yeah. And five or six of us standing around, and uh, <clears throat> one guy lights up a cigarette there. And he goes, he goes, as soon as you light up a cigarette, the bus comes. Mm -hmm. And uh, he smokes the whole damn cigarette, no bus comes. <laughs> So uh, I said to the guy, well, that theory really worked, huh? <laughs> yeah. And the guy goes, well, sometimes it works. Anyways, the guy goes, uh, what's new with you? Mm -hmm. I go, well, I uh, had an interesting thing happen to me today. I said, I met my neighbor. Mm -hmm. And he goes, oh, yeah? I go, he had a hell of an interesting job. I said, he's a professor of logic down at the University of Science. <laughs> And uh, so the guy says, is that so? He says, Lo uh, Professor of Logic. He goes, what the hell is that, Logic? Mm -hmm. I said, well, it's a series of Cecilla something or other. Right, right. I said, I can't remember exactly, but I said, I'll give you an example if you want to hear an example. <laughs> so the guy goes, all right, fair enough. So I said, uh, let me ask you this. I said, uh, 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 do you, let me ask you a question. Do you own a doghouse? Mm -hmm. And the guy goes, uh, no, I don't own a doghouse. <laughs> so uh, I says, the guy says, oh, yeah, you're one of them gays. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Andy Richter was very offended, but that is a brilliant joke. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. And him just dragging that out and the little things like, Guy lights up a cigarette and he says, the bus always comes as soon as you light up a cigarette. And then he roasts the guy for being wrong. <laughs> this imaginary man. And then calls him gay because he doesn't have a doghouse. <laughs> oh, again, so well done. And Conan staying out of the way. Uh, they were a great duo. And it's a shame... I guess it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things, but it is a shame that uh, Norm didn't get to do one last appearance on Conan. Um, but we have a whole catalog of memories, and I recommend if you guys liked, if you weren't familiar with the clips that we played today and you want more, um, I would check out I'm Not Norm McDonald on YouTube, mm -hmm. who I think is still making videos, by the way. I heard it's his son. I have... I've heard that as well, and they had videos of like his mother and shit, which would lead me to believe that's the case, but I'm not 100% sure. Well, let's find out. Um, but regardless, I'm not Norm McDonald on YouTube. It's probably the, might be the best put together YouTube channel of that ilk in the, just in the volume of content they have. Well, like, for example, like Norm saying, like Norm repeating himself. Like when he goes, uh, what if a guy, what if a guy like that, shit like that. Mm -hmm. They'll have a video of Norm repeating him. Times Norm repeated himself. And it's a list of, you know, radio shows he's done, talk shows, his own show. It The, the volume of material of like little idiosyncrasies that Norm has is tremendous. So go check out that YouTube channel. There's a bunch of content on there. Can't get enough of them. Yeah, I, like hours will go by. In a split second, it feels like and you're like, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> it is as far as comics. I would probably, 
just because of the nature of radio and the frequency with which I listened, I've probably heard Jim Norton's voice more than any other comic. Mm-hmm. But I have rewatched Norm MacDonald far more than anyone else. Like his stuff is so rewatchable and there's so much of it because he was always out there. He was always doing talk shows and radio shows and like his own stuff that there's such a, uh, 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 deep catalog of just amazing clips. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I agree with that completely. Uh, yeah. So this was just a good excuse to talk about Norm. Um, we'll definitely do an episode about Norm McDonald live. Uh, maybe Norman Letterman, Norm's sports show might deserve an episode. Mm. Um, and maybe some of his standup, we could do a breakdown. So there's plenty of more uh, Norm episodes coming. We're just going to try and spread them out over time and uh, get to some other things in between. So, um, as always, guys, appreciate the support. Go to blindmike.net to support the show in all kinds of ways, whether it be for free or by subscribing on the Patreon. Um, oh, and we need we need Gearhead merch up. Do you think we can get that in the next week or so? Oh, you texted me about that, didn't you? Yes. Yes. Yes, I and can. And the Why You Laughing hoodies and stuff are still up, right? Or yeah, are they? They're still there. All right. Yeah, so if you need a Why You Laughing hoodie, t-shirt, long sleeve, anything like that, go to uh, uh, blindmike.net. You can find the merch there as well. So support the show however you feel uh, comfortable doing, and we appreciate it. And for Craig's stuff, you can go to verygoodshow.org. Please, I would love that. So do that. And uh, we will talk to you guys next time on Why You Laughing.